I would like to invite you to pray one more time for us to invite the Holy Spirit as we study God's Word. So let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before your presence once again, and uh, we are about to open your Word, and you have taught us that we can only understand the Scriptures or be transformed by its teachings um, if we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we invite in a very special way the Holy Spirit now to touch our hearts, to guide us, for we pray in the precious name of Jesus, amen. So let me invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis. So what book of the Bible are we going now? Genesis chapter 2. And uh, one of the studies we had during Jesus on prophecy was about the day of worship. We learned that uh, God has a law, the Ten Commandments, and He expects to write His law in the tables of our hearts and our minds. And uh, we also learned that the Sabbath was given by God, not to the Jewish nation, but He gave the Sabbath to who, everyone? To mankind. And we find right over here in the book of Genesis, after uh, the six days of creation, God decided to add one more day in the creation cycle, and that was the Sabbath. And I want to read beginning in verse 1. The Bible says here, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God did what, everyone? Ended his work. You see that the creation week cycle didn't finish until the seventh day. The seventh day was part of the creation week. And then the Bible goes on to say, um, it says that God ended his work which he had done, and he did what on the Sabbath? He rested, not because God was exhausted, that God was tired, but he rested to give us an example of what we should do on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And then verse 3, the Bible says, Then God did what with the Sabbath? He blessed the Sabbath day, and he sanctified or made it holy because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made so before there was ever a Jew on the earth God had already given what to mankind the Sabbath God wasn't prescribing a legalist experience to mankind when he gave them the Sabbath it was supposed to be a blessing for mankind, and we are going to unpack more of that uh, this morning. We're going to talk more about how to observe the day of worship, the day that God has provided to mankind. Let me take you to the book of Exodus chapter 31. What book are we going now? The book of Exodus. The very next book in the Bible, we're going to chapter 31, and we're going to read verse 17, and it goes along the same line, that God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and then he added the seventh day in the creation cycle, in the creation week for mankind. And I want you to see an, a, a word there that I like that we didn't find in Genesis chapter 2. So we are in Exodus chapter 31 and verse 17. The Bible says the following. It is a what, everyone? A sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day he did what, everyone? Rested. But that's the word I'm looking for now. And was what? Refreshed. So the Sabbath was meant to be a refreshing for mankind. Do we need refreshing, yes or no? 
Oh, you better believe. You know, science says that. And uh, if you want to do a research of the need of taking 24 hours weekly to get refreshing, you will find plenty of information. But God, from the beginning, already in his infinite wisdom, separated 24 hours every week for mankind to experience rest and refreshing. So we are beings that are made physically and mentally spiritually on the sabbath we are supposed to find rest physically mentally and spiritually as well now i want uh, to just highlight that before we go any further just for the sake um, of everyone here uh, jesus gave the sabbath to mankind that's what he says in the book of mark in chapter 2 the sabbath was given to mankind it was to everyone that has ever come to this earth that was the original intent it was given to mankind and i want to say this that obedience to god shouldn't be interpreted as legalism Obedience to God is the outcome of a trusting relationship between man and God. Is that clear, everyone? So I want you to go with me, for instance, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go there to Hebrews chapter 10, just laying the foundation here, the introduction, because I don't want to give any hint that I'm talking about you know, salvation through the law. We don't believe in salvation through the law. Would you say amen for that? We believe that the keeping of the law is a result of someone experiencing salvation by grace, salvation in Christ. So notice what it says here in Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we are going to verse 15, I believe. Notice what the Bible says. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, so let's see what the Holy Spirit said before. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my, what if you want, laws into their hearts. Before we continue, any father, who will do the work of putting God's laws in our hearts? It is God. It says, I will do it. So that's the experience of resting in God to allow him to accomplish salvation in us. For it is he that works both to will and to do of his of his good pleasure. That's what we find in the book of Philippians chapter 2. So notice here the rest of the verse. We are in verse uh, 16. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will do what? Write them. So God desires to write his law in our hearts. So go with me to the book of Romans now. We are going to the book of Romans and we are going to chapter 2. So Romans chapter 2 and we are going to actually chapter 3 excuse me. Romans chapter 3 and we're going to read the very last verse and Paul is dealing with that and Paul deals with legalism in his letters especially when it came to the Judaizers that were promoting circumcision and God and Paul excuse me or God through Paul um, nails that we can't find justification through the deeds of the law he was primarily talking about circumcision but that also applies to the Ten Commandments I cannot you know find forgiveness of my past sins through present obedience or future obedience justification must be through the blood of jesus and even if i want to live a righteous life it has to be through the power of the holy spirit otherwise i'm going to fail miserably notice what he says in, in chapter 3 and verse 31 the bible says do we then make void the law through what through faith 
and then he says, certainly not. If you have the King James Version, it says, God forbid. And then it says, on the contrary, we do what? Through faith. We establish the law. So we see that the experience of salvation is actually to find God's law put in our hearts, is experiencing transformation, the love of God, so we live a life of obedience, not because we're trying to be saved through my obedience, but it's because I'm experiencing the, 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 the changing, loving grace of God. So let's go on here. So I want to take you to the book of Exodus chapter 3. So what book are we going now? Exodus chapter 3 and uh, we find in the commandment that the Sabbath must be kept holy okay so we find in Genesis chapter 2 we are going to Exodus chapter 3 okay so but in Genesis 2 we find that God sanctified the Sabbath day the seventh day of the week according to the commandment but I want you to see here according to Exodus chapter 3 what makes something holy did you understand the question what makes something whatever you want Holy. So I want to use this example here, but you'll find several examples in the Bible that points to the same concept. But in Exodus chapter 3, we see here Moses' encounter with God. Whose encounter with God? Moses' encounter with God. And we are reading verse 5. The Bible says here, Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is what if you want? holy ground why was that place a holy ground what made that place holy was the dirt holy is that what it is no what made that place holy was the presence of who everyone of God so when God sanctifies the Sabbath when God made the Sabbath holy it means that it's a special day where we must find the presence of who everyone the presence of God that's what made the Sabbath holy is actually the very presence of God spending 24 hours with God. And some people say, aren't we supposed to be in connection with God every day of the week? Of course we are, but we must be honest and just take this you know, in an honest way. Nobody can dedicate 24 hours to God during the week because we have our personal, what if you want, responsibilities. It could be work, it could be studies, it could be a, a variety of things that prevent us to dedicate a day to be in the presence of God in a very special way. So let's go on here. As I already said, um, we are beings that are physically, mentally, and spiritually, and in that day we find rest and refreshing in all those areas of our lives. But I want to give you three principles. How many principles? Three principles in the keeping of the Sabbath holy. Number one is love toward God. Is that clear, everyone? Remember when Jesus was confronted um, by some of the religious leaders of his time, they came to him with a question to trick him, and they asked him, what is the greatest of the commandments? Do you remember that? And then he gave the principles of the commandments. He said, love God with all your heart and mind and soul, with all your strength. And then he says, the second is like to this one. You must love who, everyone? Your neighbor as yourself. So you find there these three principles uh, you know, embodied in the law of God, including the Sabbath, which is love toward God with all our mind, soul, and heart and strength. And then love toward our our neighbor and also love toward ourselves and we find the rest 
uh, encompassing all these three areas. We take rest so we can spend time with the one we love, with all our hearts, mind, and soul. We rest from our secular activities so we can be with those that we love and we can be a blessing to our neighbors. And friends, we find rest for all the areas of our lives, as I already said, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Now, I want to take you to the book of Genesis, back in the book of Genesis, and we're going to chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And I want to show you here, according to the Bible, how the Sabbath should be celebrated. Did you hear the word that I said should be what, everyone? Celebrated, okay? Because that's what it is, friends. We celebrate the Creator God. We exalt His name and we celebrate the Sabbath. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, it helps us to understand, according to the Bible, when the day actually starts. And we're going to go to another Bible verse in a little bit, but notice what it says in verse 5. The Bible says in verse 5 the following. God called, that's the creation week, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the, what is the next word, everyone? Evening and the morning were what? The first day. So according to the Bible, when does the day actually begin? In the evening, okay, at sundown. Evening is at sundown when the, there is no light there. Okay, so notice what it says in verse 8. The Bible says in verse 8, And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were what? The second day. And you can go throughout all the days of the week and you're going to see the same idea that uh, one day it begins in the evening and then it goes the morning okay the day uh, um, light of uh, of the day you know the uh, the day part of of the day um, so come with me to leviticus chapter 23 so what book are we going now leviticus chapter 23 and uh, here it becomes a little bit more clear in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 32, help us to understand uh, when the Sabbath starts and when the Sabbath ends. So we are in Leviticus chapter 23 and we're going to read verse 32. The Bible says, It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your soul. So in other words, this is soul searching on the ninth day of the month at what everyone? Evening, from one evening to evening, you shall celebrate your what? Your Sabbath. There's no question he's talking about the ceremonial Sabbath over here, but you can see clearly here that for God, um, the day was supposed to start in the evening and finish at sundown of the following day, if we're following, um, you know, the, the, the cycle that we use for, for a 24-hour period. So according to the word of God, a day should be from one sundown to the next sundown. And Sabbath should be kept from Friday evening to Saturday evening. Is that clear, everyone? Okay, so let's go on here. Let's go on here. Now, let's talk about the preparation for the Sabbath. And I want to take you to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Let's go to Exodus, chapter 20. In these first books of the Bible, we find a lot of information about the Sabbath, beginning from creation week and uh, going through more information that God gave to his people. And you can find also in the New Testament. So notice in Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to read verse 9. 
and we are basically trying to understand how to prepare for the Sabbath. So Exodus chapter 20 and verse 9. So let's see what the Word of God has to say here. Um, we maybe should start in verse 8, which says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then it says, and this is about preparation, verse 9. Six days you shall, what everyone? Labor and do how much of your work? All your work. So we see that uh, the preparation for the Sabbath really begins on the first day of the week when we start doing the work that we are supposed to do during that first week, or, or during that week, I should say. Is that clear? So it says very clearly here that to keep the Sabbath holy, we must do all our work in how many days? In six days. So let me take you to another Bible verse. Let's go to the book of Luke. What book are we going now? Luke. Let's go there. The book of Luke, all the way in the New Testament. And we're going to go to ver uh, chapter 23. And this is a reference to the event of the death of Jesus. On what day of the week did Jesus die? On Friday, okay, so, and then on Sabbath, he was in the tomb, resting, and then on Sunday, he rose. So, notice what it says here um, in Luke chapter 23, and we're going to read verse 54. The Bible says, Luke chapter 23 and verse 54. That day was, what kind of day that Jesus died? The preparation, and then what day drew near? The Sabbath drew near. So Friday is called uh, the preparation day, according to the Bible. Okay, so it's the day that I would say not to begin the preparation for the Sabbath, but really to complete. Okay, so, and we're going to explore more about that. And for those that work uh, full-time or has a busy schedule, uh, the approach of preparing for the Sabbath each day of the week is even more appropriate. Because on Friday, you don't have that free time to prepare yourselves to enter into the Sabbath experience where you find physical rest, mental rest, and spiritual rest. Now, let me take you to the book of Exodus again, and now in chapter 16. Chapter 16 of the book of Exodus, and uh, that's prior to the receiving of the Ten Commandments. God needed to teach his people to keep the Sabbath because they had forgotten about the Sabbath when they went into captivity in Egypt. And when they were in captivity in Egypt for maybe 400 years, they forgot about the principles of God. And the way God found to teach them to keep the Sabbath holy was by giving them the manna. It was his provision, of course. Okay, God was providing for them six days of the week. They were supposed to gather the manna, but they were not supposed to gather for the next day. What happened if they gather for the next day? It spoiled, right? Except on Friday, the preparation day. They were supposed to gather twice as much for the next day. So we learn something over here about the Sabbath. Number one, God is the provider. God is what, everyone? The provider. The Sabbath is also a matter of trusting our lives in God as our provider a lot of people they say but if i don't work on sabbath i'm gonna i'm not gonna be able to sustain myself my family i can't support provide for my family and really it's a matter of what everyone of trust it's a matter of trust 
God provided for them six days of the week, and they said, don't make provision for the next day except on Friday. And by doing that, God was telling them the Sabbath is a different day. It's not the day that you work for your own provisions, for your own what, everyone? Provision, for your own sustenance. Notice what it says here in uh, Exodus chapter 16, and we're going to read, uh, let me see where I am, verse 22 and 23. So verse 22, the Bible says, notice carefully, And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered, how much? Twice as much bread, to uh, two omers for each one. And uh, all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses what they had done. And then verse 23, Then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a what, everyone? A Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. And then he says, Bake what you will bake when? Today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until the morning. So we see here that even cooking should take place before the Sabbath. And some of you may say, but what, you know, what's the matter with cooking? You just ask the one that do you know, most of the cooking in your house and they're going to tell you what's the matter. It can be cumbersome to prepare food like three times a day. And you not only prepare, afterwards you have to do what? You, know, you wash and, and it can be a cumbersome process. And God is basically saying, you know, the Sabbath, you don't have to worry about cooking. It's not saying that we can warm the food. None of that you find here. But it's saying that we're not supposed to be actually doing all this cooking and all this, um, you know, work during the Sabbath, including the cooking. So notice carefully here. Let's go back into our Bibles. And I want to take you to the book of, um, we are in the book of Exodus, now in chapter 34. So what chapter are we going now? 34 okay so and you can get the principle you can get whatever you want the principle of the commandment instead of expecting God to prescribe everything that would make the Sabbath experience more special and you apply for instance why not filling the gas tank of your vehicle before the Sabbath that's preparation so you're not expecting you know anyone to be working for you why not to prepare that or grocery shopping in other days of the week or preparing the Sabbath meals in other days of the week preparing your Sabbath clothing as needed so you don't have to do the washing and ironing so you're prepared for that beautiful experience of spending time with the one that you love the one that you worship the people that you love and also uh, resting on that day so, you know, if you really want to have a, a beautiful experience, there is a preparation to take place. It, that's obvious, friends. When we go on vacation, if we want to have a nice vacation, you have to do some what, everyone? Preparation. Otherwise, it will be a disaster, your vacation. It will not be rest of your vacation. If you want to celebrate your wedding, it, it requires some preparation. Otherwise, it will be a disaster, your celebration. So that just makes sense, friends. So let's go on here. Let's go on here. So we are in Exodus chapter 34. And um, we are going to talk about ceasing from secular activities. What kind of activities did I say? Secular activities and work. So for 24 hours, this is just a check 
on the kind of culture that we live in the Western world, like, you know, that we are always driven by consume and consume and making money and profit. And God says, I want to put a check on that kind of spirit. And he gives, you know, the Sabbath. And he writes on the table of our hearts so we can not buy in into what culture is telling us that we should do. What kind of rhythm should govern our lives? So notice carefully here, we are in the book of Exodus. We are in chapter, uh, what chapter are we? 34, right? And we are going to read verse 21. Notice carefully what the Bible says. Verse 21, the Bible reads, Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. And then notice here in their language what would be secular employment for uh, you know, self-profiting, it says, and plowing time and in harvest you shall do whatever you want. You shall rest. That's very clearly. So that tells us that on that day we should abstain from secular work and for profit and uh, do the activities that would benefit ourselves and deviate our focus from our creator, the one we love, and uh, our neighbors, our family, those that we care, and uh, also prevent us from finding rest, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Now, work may include duties at uh, your place of employment, but sometimes it may include, as we already said, house chores or yard work, helping someone else work on that day or cooking so and we say this because again you are preparing to make that 24 hours a special time where you spend with your creator um, okay so let's move on here um, sometimes we have employees it might be the case of some here I'm not sure tonight uh, this morning excuse me but uh, I want to show what the commandment says. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20. And uh, we are going to read about the fourth commandment. And it talks about servants. But of course, you have to contextualize. You have to what, everyone? Contextualize. Notice what it says here in chapter 20. And uh, in verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Verse 10. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no what, everyone? No work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. So in other words, you don't work, but you don't make others work for you. Okay, so you don't make others to work for you. And we are talking about in the context of, you know, making your own provisions, making profit for self-interest. That's what we are talking about here. We must keep the context in mind. So in our days, we may not have, you know, slaves. We may not have our, you know, people serving us at home, but we may have employees. And we're not supposed to make them work on the Sabbath day. Let me read this to you. You may have employees at your place of business. You may hire someone to help you clean your house. You may have a landscape company take care of your yard. Why take care on the Sabbath? You may hire people to assist you in any numbers of ways. On the Sabbath, you should refrain from having these people work for you. So there must be no interaction that people are actually serving you or making profit for you. 
So let's go on here. I want to take you now to Isaiah chapter 58. So what chapter are we going now? What book of the Bible, first of all? Isaiah. And what chapter in Isaiah? 58. So notice carefully what it says here. And this is a chapter that has dual fulfillment, especially uh, for God's people in the last days who are living in the antitypical day of atonement. And I want you to see what it says here, beginning verse 13. And we will see that the keeping of the Sabbath holy is not a self-centered practice. It's not a what, everyone? Self-centered practice. Notice what it says in chapter 58 and verse 13 and 14. The Bible says in verse 13, If you turn away your food from the Sabbath, from doing your what, everyone? Your, your pleasure on my holy day. It doesn't mean that the Sabbath is a gloomy day and there is no pleasure. We're going to see in verse 14. But here's talking about it's not a self-centered day. Notice what it says. It goes on to say, and call the Sabbath a what, if you want? A delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him not doing what, if you want? Your own ways is not self-centered, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words. Verse 14, the Bible says, Then you shall, what is the next word, everyone? Delight yourself in the Lord. So there is delight on the Sabbath, but it's not self-centered. It's about worshiping God. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. And it's about finding rest, refreshing, restoration for yourself. So notice carefully here, it says in the rest of the verse, You shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. So God is promising a high experience for those that keep the Sabbath holy according to the commandments. So let me go back here into my notes, and I want to take you to Leviticus chapter 23. You can turn there as... Um, we prepare for our next point, which is, is the Sabbath the day for corporate worship? Did you understand the question? Is the Sabbath the day for what kind of worship, everyone? Corporate worship. So let's see what the Bible has to say. We are going to Leviticus chapter uh, 23, Leviticus chapter 23, and we're going to read verse 3. Notice what the Bible says. Leviticus 23 and verse 3, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of solemn rest. A holy what, everyone? Convocation. The word convocation, it means a gathering of people. And you can find a, a lot of verses that helps you to see that in the Bible. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So it is a day of corporate worship. And I want you to see that Jesus himself uh, observed the Sabbath by by corporate worship, by attending corporate worship. So we are going to Luke chapter 4. What book are we now? Luke. We are back here in the New Testament in Luke chapter 4. And some people, they say, but Jesus, the only reason he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath was because he was in the Jewish context, following the Jewish traditions. But friends, just be honest, and you see over and over again that Jesus did not observe the traditions of the Jews. Because a lot of the traditions was in contradiction to what, if you want? To what? To the Word of God. 
He only observed those things that were in harmony with the word of God. He was often accused, why your disciples do this? Including on the Sabbath, like for instance, eating on the Sabbath. You know, harvest, not for the sake of profit, not for, you know, like uh, uh, to make other work or to be harvesting throughout the day like a heavy labor type of uh, activity, but just to eat. And he says, that's not how we keep the Sabbath. So notice here what we find in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible says, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his, what everyone, his custom was, not as the custom of the Jews were, but as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on what day of the week? On the Sabbath day and stood up to do what everyone? to read so we find here not only you know that Jesus went to corporate worship on Sabbath but he spent time reading what everyone the scriptures Sabbath is a great day for you to spend time in the word of God finding spiritual renewal so you may say I'm so busy during the weeks I don't have like enough time to have a quality devotional life I kind of just spend probably half an hour with God or just maybe 40 minutes of God and some people only 10 or 5 or none guess what the Sabbath is 24 hours for you and the God that you love and care and you can spend time in the word of God so let's go on here did you know that there is a whole psalm dedicated to the Sabbath? I want to take you there. Psalm 92. There you go. So let's go to, psalms, to Psalm 92 in the book of Psalms. So we're going to Psalm 92. And I want you to see this. We're not going to read the whole chapter. It's not a very long chapter, but we're going to just highlight a few things over here. Um, but it was written specifically for the Sabbath. If your Bible has notes, you can see something like praise to the Lord for his love and faithfulness, and then it says a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. And then, for instance, in verse 1, we find, we find several things that we can do in the Sabbath which is not self-centered. It says it is good to give what? Verse 1 thanks to the Lord so it's a time to thank God to be you know to express uh, thankfulness to the Lord and to do what everyone sing praises to his name or to your name okay so we open the Sabbath with thanksgiving and singing and throughout the Sabbath you know we can thank God and we can sing notice verse 2 to declare your what everyone your loving kindness in the morning. And I would include here, I hope I'm not stretching the verse, but to declare his loving kindness, we could even include here to proclaim the gospel. Is the gospel the manifestation of the loving kindness of God? Yes or no? Most definitely. Notice in verse 3, the Bible says, on a, what everyone? Instruments. So we can play instruments to glorify God, to bring honor to his name so notice in verse 4 the latter portion of verse 4 I will triumph in what if you want in the works of your hands what is he talking about creation so the Sabbath is a day to spend time in nature in creation would you say amen for that 
So it's a time that you perhaps can go uh, for a hiking, for a walk, you know, or maybe even canoeing in a river and just contemplating the works of creation, which, by the way, is the second book of God. What kind of book did I say? The second. The first one is the Holy Bible. The second one, remember that in creation, God spoke and it was done. God, what if you want? He spoke. It is his word. It is the power of his word, and we can learn about him through the works of creation. So it's a beautiful day, friends. So let's go on here. Let's go on. So uh, you can find, for instance, in verse 8, if you jump with me to verse 8, but you, Lord, are on high forevermore. So it's basically celebrating the Sabbath, celebrating God for who he is. Notice in verse 10, uh, here in verse 10, we find the spiritual refreshing. But in my, what is the next word? Horn, which is the word strength, okay? So you could substitute horn in the Old Testament oftentimes for strength. It, but my strength, you sh have what, everyone? Exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Oil is a symbol of what, everyone? The Holy Spirit. So we find here strength and the renewal of the Holy Spirit on the Sabbath more than any other day of the week. Why? Because we are dedicating that 24 hour to God. So in summary, friends, what we find in this chapter, and you could read verse 13. Just, let's read just one more. Those who are planted in the where, everyone? The house of the Lord. So we have here corporate worship. Shall flourish in the courts of our God. And they shall bear fruit in the next verse. So a summary, in this psalm we find that in the Sabbath, okay, we find in it the following recommendations for the Sabbath. Thanksgiving, singing praises, playing instruments as an act of worship to God, explore and enjoy nature on the Sabbath, celebrate the greatness of God, spiritual renewal, corporate worship. Would you say amen for that? Do we need that, friends? Most definitely, and God knew it. So what else did Jesus do on the Sabbath? So let's go to Matthew chapter 12. So what chapter, we, what book of the Bible we're going now? Matthew. And again, friends, Jesus, oftentimes, you can see throughout the Bible, he clarified, you know, how to keep the Sabbath because there was a lot of rules that were added that were not in scriptures, put by the Jews there and made the Sabbath a burden instead of a blessing, a delight. Notice, we are in Matthew chapter 12, and in Matthew chapter 12, we find Jesus here, you know, before a man that had a withered hand, and they brought this man, you know, they wanted to know what Jesus would do on the Sabbath, if Jesus would heal this man. So let's pick up the story in verse 9. So what verse are we in chapter 12? 9. The Bible says, now when he had departed from there, he went into the into their synagogue in verse 10 and behold there was a man who had a wither hand and they asked him saying is it lawful to heal on the sabbath so let's see what jesus said that they might accuse him that was the purpose verse 11 then he said to them what man is there among you who has one sheep and if it falls into the pit on the sabbath will not lay hold of it and lift it out 
Friends, just a, you know, a little bit of context here. The Jews added this rule. If they had an animal that fell into a pit or was in trouble on the Sabbath, that was the kind of work that they could do you know, to rescue that animal. And then they could go on into their Sabbath-keeping activities. So, and then Jesus brings that to their attention. You know, who of you having a sheep that falls in a pit on the Sabbath, you know, don't go there and pull it out. And then notice what it says in verse 12. Of how much more, what is the next word, everyone? Value then is who? A man than a sheep. So can you see that the Sabbath plays high value in who? Mankind. That's why Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And that's what they were doing. They were making men to become slaves of the Sabbath instead of finding liberation on the Sabbath. They were oppressing men on the Sabbath instead of finding freedom from oppression or finding healing. Notice what it says here. Verse 12 again, the Bible says, Of how much more value than is man than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do what on the Sabbath? To do good on the Sabbath. He wasn't canceling the Sabbath. He just said how to keep the Sabbath. And he said it was lawful to do good on the Sabbath. That has to do with those uh, principles that I share with you. Love toward God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And love toward your neighbor. Love toward who, everyone? Your neighbor. We love our neighbor by doing good on the Sabbath. It's not self-centered, okay, but it's centered in those that we care or those that might be in need, might be oppressed. Doing good on the Sabbath is part of Sabbath keeping. Would you say amen for that? Amen. So let me take you here. Let me see the time. Um, let me take you to one, one more passage in the Bible. One more passage. And, uh, and I, I'll tell you, I'm not exhausting this theme. It's something, the Sabbath experience is something that we grow into. We what have you won? We grow into as we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us, and to transform our lives. So notice here, we're going now to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 13. What book are we now? Luke chapter 13. And we're going to see another occasion that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Jesus did what on the Sabbath again? He healed. And we're going to learn a, a precious lesson here um, for the Sabbath. So we are in Luke chapter 13, and we're going to begin in verse 14. The Bible says, Luke chapter 13 and verse 14, But the ruler of the synagogue, and by the way, this is after you know, Jesus healing a woman. You can see that in verse 11, for instance. It was on the Sabbath. In verse 10 says, clearly, it was on the Sabbath. There was this woman, you know, and she was with infirmity. It says in verse 11, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. For how long? 18 years. It was uh, bent over and could, could in no way raise herself up. Now, come with me to verse 14. So Jesus heals her on the Sabbath. Verse 14, But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. And not on the what, everyone? 
on the Sabbath day. So notice carefully how Jesus deal with that one. He wasn't saying that, you know, just forget about this whole thing of the Sabbath, just do whatever you want. No, that's not, that's not what he says. So notice in verse 15, The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loose from these bonds on the Sabbath? Would you say amen for that? This is powerful, friends. This is powerful. Jesus is saying that the Sabbath, friends, the Sabbath is a day that we are supposed to find freedom from oppression. This is not to say that we can't find freedom from oppression any other day of the week, but Jesus was just saying, like, stop with this. That's not what the commandment is saying when it says that you shall labor for six days of the week. It's not saying that we can do good on the Sabbath and help people to experience liberation. It's actually a day that most people, if they observe the Sabbath, find time to do good works on the Sabbath. And don't get on their ways because when will they do good if they are busy with their lives in the other six days of the week? It diminishes the possibility of God's people to make an impact in the world. So in conclusion, I'll finish with this. Here are the essence of the Sabbath according to our study this morning, according to the Word of God. On Sabbath, I get to rest from my employment and enjoy time with my family. You know, remember, love toward God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love toward your neighbor as yourself. So my neighbor includes my family. On Sabbath, I get to spend time worshiping God and remembering what he's done for me. On Sabbath, I get to go to church and fellowship with other like-minded believers. Remember what Paul says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Remember that? And then on Sabbath, I get to help other people and be a blessing to them. Would you say amen for that? On Sabbath, I get to enjoy time spent outdoors refreshing my spirit instead of sitting at a desk all day long. On Sabbath, I get to focus on the two most important parts of my life, my God and the people who are important to me. Would you say amen for that? Let's pray together. We are thankful today for the Sabbath day that you have given to mankind. And Father, in this holy day, we want to experience, as we read in the book of Isaiah, the highest experience. We want to invite you into our lives and we want to spend this day with you. And Father, continue to bless the rest of our experience uh, 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 today and uh, we pray we pray that uh, through the study we had this morning and perhaps other studies of scriptures we are going to continue to grow in our Sabbath keeping experience and uh, Father as we are going to uh, come together now to fellowship uh, we pray for your presence with us the presence of the holy angels and for those that are not joining us for lunch we pray also for your protection as they go back home or to wherever they are heading and uh, father we continue to pray for each one of our families here our families that are represented here we have many needs and we place them before your throne of grace 
asking for peace, asking for comfort, asking for help and wisdom. For we pray in the precious name of Jesus, let everyone say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.